Welcome back to Third Base Dugout, episode 102, our trade deadline special, the preview, one of the most favorite episodes every year, um, not only for us, but the best feedback we get of any episode is usually around the trade deadline because it's always the best way to generate clicks if you're into algorithms is just to make predictions and be as dumb as you possibly can with them make bad predictions and people will automatically reply to you because they 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 want to people have an urge to tell you that you're wrong but they never tell you when you're right and so when we go like two for 20 we're actually i mean batting 100 on the trade deadline is not too bad the only the only place in baseball where you could be more more incorrect and still be okay is the draft correct if you get one pick right the entire draft, <clears throat> like me, um, <laughs> you're doing good. You're doing good. I, by the way, I called Peyton Graham to the Tigers for those of you that don't know. Um, yeah, and, that, and, and you had a great draft. Yep. And now, now, look, to come full circle, I need to meet Peyton Graham. So when he goes to Erie, when he gets up to double A, I've got to meet him at the Flying Squirrels. And then we will come completely full circle, I'll take a picture with him, I'll post it on third base dugout, and then – we will. My character in this movie that we are all in has have will have come full circle. I like the story arc. I do too. I do too. So we arc. just got to make him a recurring guest. Is is what, what I'm hearing. Because I kind of do. We know him. anyone that knows Peyton Graham? Not right now. Not yet. But I feel like you know anyone on the. Whoa! Hold up now. We do know someone in the Tigers organization who was just signed. Yes, we do. Oh, we do. So maybe, maybe, maybe our boy Jack the Tractor Maslow can get us in. Maybe so. Maybe well, so. I think we, I think we're obligated to an interview with, with, with the tractor first. Yes, I think that that's how that's how the deals work. But he is, and I quote him: I, "I'm not good with words." So <laughs> neither are we. <laughs> Welcome to the show, buddy. Welcome to the show. I think it'd be a good. Honestly, I think we'd be a good. Uh, stepping or i guess a first uh a first run for him he can get that's all the okay yeah that's all right we'll, we can him, work we'll, with we'll it. only ask him about his lawn care company <laughs> from lawn care company to minor league baseball <laughs> he might be the we were joking about it he might be the first uh minor league baseball player in history to also be a heads groundkeeper nice could you imagine him like starting say lakeland or something with with Loe and all of a sudden, like they're he's watering the field before game. <laughs> it's like, no, don't put that by him. Like, hey, all. you guys are doing it wrong. He's cutting the grass in the off days. <laughs> right, you guys are doing it wrong. Like he'll be getting two checks from the organization, like one as a player, but then the other one for groundskeeping. All for a total of eight thousand dollars. <laughs> right. Oh, they need to pay minor leaguers. I'm sorry, you might make more than eight thousand dollars. Might I, I'm not 100 sure about that, but you might. Um, either way, so make sure you go follow us on Twitter at third base dugout. We'll keep you posted throughout this trade deadline and the insanity that it's going to be on Tuesday. Um, because this could, and I've been saying it for about a week now, this could be the largest trade deadline in the history of professional sports, depending on who's moved. There's, um, yeah. I, I can't remember a trade deadline where this big of names are just being thrown out there like it's nothing. Especially because one was just added. 
Yes. And we'll talk about that later in the episode um, because we can compare those two potential trade packages. But um, for those of you that don't know, I'm Brian, I'm a Shelly and Mike. Shelly's a uh, college, college catcher. Mike is just the old guy on the stoop. And a Napa <laughs> Hall of Famer. We yeah, let him hang around. Not bury we the let lead him get there. out of his retirement home every now and then. You yeah. cannot bury the lead that he is a Napa Hall of Famer. Right. Unofficially, officially a Napa Hall of Famer. Although, <laughs> still waiting for the induction ceremonies. Um, but yeah, I'm a Napa Hall of Famer. I love that. Uh, you know what? I will. That's how I will introduce you. Thank you. Napa I appreciate Hall that. Because, like, you know how baseball Hall of Famers they they put on their signatures Hall of Fame and their yeah. five at the bottom. So now you are now Napa Hall of Famer, Mike Pritchett. Yeah, and like. I have the numbers to back it up. Like first time, he's got his inaugural All Star and astrological uh, chemistry theories, astrological theories of, of nonsense. Like that is a, from uh, from Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first to get us started, we're going to go through some trades that have happened over the course of the past week. And then we will get into a contract extension that was just signed about an hour ago. And then uh, we'll talk one of the greatest stars in the game. Um, may have his career tainted a little bit due to an injury. We'll talk about that. And then we will go into the trade deadline stuff and who could be on the move, what their packages could look like. And we'll give some predictions on the top stars on this deadline. Well, Mike, what's that face for? Mike. What's the face for? <laughs> I'm sorry. Would you just say stuff like what their package, packages could look like? Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Borderline. <laughs> you know, when I'm saying stuff and, and just like Jack, I'm not good with words. You so got, when I say stuff, I don't know that I'm degree saying it. just laugh. words, I thought. Right. Like, <laughs> didn't you, like, isn't that part of like your actual degree of is like speaking and or printing words? You would think. I you thought, think. you're also, I believe, getting paid um, to use words. Employer to, to use words. Yeah, the problem is, like, yeah, my, my job in front of has people. communications in it. Yeah. You just Jeez. struggle with the, the most important part of your job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I, I mean, like, I guess hard. I guess if we had to compare GMs, you're like the Pittsburgh Pirates GM of communications right now. <laughs> Just giving away all the good oh, stuff. Come on. Oh, that was a, like, I mean, a stab to the heart. You like stabbed my heart, just twisted it okay, over it and over again. Okay, let's put it this way. It could be worse. You could be the Boston Red Sox GM of drafting of your major where you just become redundant and just keep using the same words repeatedly, just like they keep repeatedly drafting shortstops. Would you, you know what? I would consider uh, Heim Bloom to be actually in, insane because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results. No, he's expecting different results. Or is he expecting different results? Sorry. Yes. There's so, those words again. No, that's just yeah, words, words, words are tough. But like, does that make Heim Bloom technically insane? Yes. Borderline, like, yeah. <laughs> I think it does. By definition, <laughs> Heim Bloom is 
insane. <laughs> well, here's the thing with the draft, right? None of his guys have made the big leagues yet. So we don't know if it's insane or not because they're all in the minors. And I, I do want to point out they're playing well. So, you know, maybe, maybe he's on to something. Maybe he's cooking with gasoline. Maybe. Yes. Except for when the announcer goes to announce the lineup, says like starting at shortstop. Wait, starting at shortstop. Starting at shortstop. Like he has nine shortstops. Like, <laughs> hey, there's worse positions to have nine of than uh, than shortstop. Yeah, I mean, that's nine, true. Uh, half decent out, half decent. Nine Daniel Vogelbach's rolling out there. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I can't. I can't dunk on Vogelbach. He's had. He, he's electric. I'm all yeah. in on on the Vogelbach train. He had two. He had two doubles off of Sandy Alcantara tonight. That I, is, I mean, that is, that is it shades of Juan Uribe, right? Like, like yes. they trade the Mets are in the middle of a of a you know pennant chase, and they go trade for a fat guy, and he just immediate offense. But that's Juan Uribe. Yeah. So I know that Brian is still in the process of editing this, but like I watched part of the video from the live at bats, <laughs> and I realized that like. At this point in life, and I have to fix this, like I'm basically Pablo uh, Sandoval right now. Like I definitely look like Panda while I was in the box. I was like, where did all those pounds come from? Like definitely, like, you know, I said the camera adds 10 pounds. I was like, bro, they hit me with about 20. Like, where did that come from? Because when I'm walking around or like daily, I'm like, nah, okay, yes, I can lose some pounds. But am I that big? And then I look at it in the videos. and I was like, geez. <laughs> who's that who's the fat guy batting look I, i'm the same way i'm sitting here editing and i'm like darn like this is not good like you're if you're pablo sandoval i'm freaking heath bell or something well that's true or like oh, jumbo, coffee. Jumbo, jumbo, jumbo ds no jeez oh you're up you're up you're up who was the guy for the yankees in the 90s wells uh, david, david wells, wells. yeah david uh, look, wells. you know what we'll cut it jabba chamberlain Fair job of the hut. Fair. Prime Java Chamberlain. <laughs> and he was gross. <laughs> he was. He was really good for a while. Um, all right, let's get into these trades. So the Mets made three trades. The other New York team made one. So it was all uh, all New York so far in this deadline, which I don't I think we can get used to seeing because I think both teams will make quite a bit of moves by the time Tuesday rolls around. So let's start with the move that the Mets made a day apart, July 22nd, July 23rd. Daniel Vogelbach was traded to the Mets from the Pirates. And then a day later, Michael Perez was traded for, uh, to the Mets from the Pirates. Um, Vogelbach is everyday starter. The Mets needed catching help, which um, got them Perez. And I'm not even 100% sure if he's really playing right now um i don't know if anyone can confirm that i want to say um, i mean i haven't i didn't watch the mets today i was, I was watching the subway series um uh, looked like they're rolling with nito back there yeah at least think, for the for the those two games i think you're right I mean, I mean, nito's i mean nito is what he is yeah is he, i mean he's a good like defensive lowest, catcher i think he's got the lowest uh ops for a catcher in mets history right now That's not good. so he's got that going for him but he is a good defensive catcher i mean a good backup but i i am curious if this takes them out of the Contreras sweepstakes that's probably no. gonna go down here soon i I'm, i I'm i would also agree heck with no that. i think this is a temporary I, sweep. 
I think if anything, they DFA Nito, or he's part of some other deal that they're probably going to make at some point in the next couple couple days. Yeah, I agree. So, hey, just a refresher: who did um, Vogelbach get traded for? Uh, Colin Holderman, who was actually really good uh, with the Mets for a while, and they had they traded him away to the Pirates for Vogelbach. He was really good uh, in the bullpen for the Mets. So it was a it was a two for one trade. No, just a one for one. Vogelbach for Holderman. Uh, Vogelbach is two. You're correct. He's Vogelbach two humans two. in one. About four hundred pounds later. So, okay, so anybody that thinks that we're like fat shaming, it is not true. I literally just called myself Pablo Sandoval. If uh, anything, if I if I and we love him, the we love the fat guys here. Fat. Like I'm fat shaming. I I watched that video of Daniel Vogelbach going second to home at least forty five times the other day. Yeah. Um, it said buffering halfway. <laughs> he was cooking. You gotta give him credit. He was he was moving. He got the weight going downhill. <laughs> he rounded third and said buffering. Like it was third base coach was running faster down. than he was. <laughs> it was waiting for him to catch up. <laughs> buffering. Oh, that's lightning speed, folks. He's yeah. electric. That was exactly what the Mets needed. Yeah. He was moving about as fast as Shelly's uh, dial up last last week. <laughs> And partially this week, hey, we're, Shelly's we're, running a little slow this week. It is a little faster than last week, but we are he's, he's at least he's gone from dial up to like that. Uh, he's 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 just plugged into the Ethernet now. He, he's still got dial up, but he's just plugged into the Ethernet. He's went from dial up to Vogelbach. <laughs> like he's... that was the biggest joke in history. Our our Ethernet in our dorm our freshman year didn't do didn't do squat. No, not. <laughs> There are no there are no internet sources at at that college that uh, that are half decent. Would you, but they make my wife look like I'm, I'm I'm flying back here. Correct, but, that is correct. But um, let's uh, we can at least you know what we'll stay with the Mets here. We'll go um, actually both of them happened yesterday. Yesterday was the twenty eighth, right? Yes, it was. Um. Tyler Naquin and Philip Deal were also traded to the Mets from the Reds for Jose Acuna and um, Hector Rodriguez. So Tyler Naquin, obviously the big piece here, um, another lefty bat for the Mets in which they desperately needed. So, um, and Naquin had a really good last year and um, obviously he's on the Reds this year. So he can only be a bit so good, but Maybe he gets the bump being on the Mets. I mean, it's just like the Dodgers, the Yankees, everything. When you get traded to those teams, all of a sudden it seems like you get boosted a little bit because everyone around you is good. So um, who knows? Maybe Naquin will become a uh, little sleeper bat for him, DH outfielder, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, solid solid depth addition for the Mets. I mean, they're yeah. gearing up, you know. Yeah, I, all jokes aside, Steve I think is not they... around. No, at all. I, I think all jokes aside, the Mets are sort of like the Braves last year where they just kind of so far added on the fringes, right? Like they knew they had a solid core that they could rely on or at least had trust in, you know, but then you turn that around and, you know, add in some of these fringe bats. So, yeah, yeah. obviously not a blockbuster, but it could be like an Eddie Rosario from last year with the yeah. Braves, where he could just turn out to be a, 
a beast in the postseason or something. You never know. You never know what these guys. I mean, also have so, to take so many unlikely account. heroes in the postseason for the Braves last year between Peterson, between Rosario, Soler. I mean, Matt Matic even. Like, Matic wasn't, like, the guy in the bullpen and then all of a sudden became a postseason hero. So, I mean, you never know with these trade deadline guys. I mean, Matic wasn't a trade deadline guy, but, I mean, you never know. There, there's a, uh, a trade that you didn't mention. Um, Pete Alonzo uh, lost the home run derby and traded out first half Pete or second half Pete, post home run derby Pete. And uh, he is a monster. I forgot that. Uh, uh, I forgot that he gets better after these home run derbies and then just tears it, tears it up. So don't, yeah. the Mets are, the Mets are scary. They're, yeah. they're, they're terrifying. We'll talk about the I mean, stuff in just a sec though. But like, um, I, cause I've got something on Edwin Diaz yes. and I wore, I really want to talk about it. Um, after we talk about this last trade, which this was sort of a blockbuster. Um, Andrew Benintendi to the Yankees for three minor leaguers, Beckway, TJ Sakema and Chandler Champlain. Um, Beckway is the, uh, headliner for going back to the Royals. Um, he's actually a Virginia Beach guy um, for for those of us around the Virginia area. Um, and so he is going to the Royals, but Andrew Benintendi, the Yankees, gets some outfield help to be able to now sit Joey Gallo finally. Um, and also uh, Stan, I believe, is out for a yeah. little bit. He busted um, his Achilles up. He yeah, might be out for so, a little bit. Yeah, and so th- this is really good help for the Yankees. They probably aren't done in the outfield. I would guess they're going to go get a little more depth out there, um, along with maybe a big piece of the line if they can. Uh, yeah, the I think they, they need can. some help specifically in right field. I think their right fielder's not very good. Yeah, that guy, guy stinks. On, yeah, he's not. He's not. He's got not very 40. good. So you probably want to go out and get some depth out there, like a Juan Soto. Uh, you know, a name that comes to mind would probably be a better fit out there, but. You know, I don't, I'm not Brad Cashman. I don't make those moves. I'd probably trade that the, what's his, what's his name? Um, decision. Uh, oh, uh, Judd, 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 yeah, Judd, okay. him. Yeah. Trams like the, the worst team in the league, in the uh, division, like the Red Sox or something. They, they, they could use a guy like that. I love it. There's no bias coming from there. <clears throat> but no, honestly, like I felt horrible for Joey Gallo the other night. Like I was watching the game when, judge hit the walk-off homer against the Royals and it was like if he took a pitch they booed him if he swung and missed they booed him and then when he struck out they booed him even more it was like he walked back to the dugout and you could tell he was you could tell he was like frustrated and defeated at the same point like he's definitely a guy that needs to go which with the Ben attendee trade that helps open that door a little bit um that for right now I mean you would literally take not that I mean, obviously you can't sell high on Gallo because his value is pretty low, but you're going to have some team, i.e. the Padres, who just have – who are just brick for him right now, <laughs> you know, whatever reason, and they will, you know, still try to make a push for him. And you Say can at they least get – Yeah. Kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. Change the scenery, get him out of there, you know, and see what he does elsewhere. He will Gallo be is the, he's the latest play. victim of the – that terrible fan base in that terrible city. Like they, they always seem to pick one guy. They just bully, you know, well, like, like mental health is real. All right. Like support this guy, you know, don't bully him. Yeah, maybe if you cheer him, he'll do it better. could be worse. 
Honestly, Look. like like maybe maybe like hey man, like do a little better, you know? You're good. Hit it hit it out. Shelly, it could be so much worse. My you know what the team that is currently dead to me. <laughs> so they're dead our, to you. This our week. fan base chanted to fire the GM at the last game. That could be worse. It, it really could. Like booing one player, fine. But booing the entire organization, that's another thing. That fan base is, is like one losing streak away from doing that. You know that. The Yankees, the Yankees wanted to, to, to clean house after last year, after they lost in the wild card game. Remember when we were talking about if Baron Boone was gonna get fired or not? <laughs> I still don't think he's a good manager. I, I really I, I really it's an extension and is don't. Got the best team in baseball, at least record-wise. Yeah. Also, um, I saw a stat the other day. Aaron Boone is the best um, on calls that he was, I believe, ejected on or challenged. He has the highest success rate. So, like, on – like, if you go back yeah, – you don't think If they challenge – If they challenge, he's right most – like, like the highest out of any MLB manager. And if he gets ejected – the call that he is being ejected for, um, he is right more than any other manager in baseball. I don't know how you – I mean, I don't know who sits around and looks for all that, but, like, yeah. either way, That's like, apparently he just knows the game. Really, really I think well. you got got by a Yankee fan stat. No, I think that was actually, like, a blue check mark that that actually, like, spewed it. Like, it was a blue check percentage, mark it was percentage statistics. It was crazy. But, I, I don't know. I, I don't believe it. I just I, I can't. I think anybody could win with that lineup playing the way that they are. True. When you have a guy hitting 40 home runs by July 29th, things things might yeah, be working for you in the win right? column. And all your pitchers are throwing to like a sub two ERA, like every single one. Yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about the Subway Series. Um, two games set. The first Subway Series of the season was at City Field. And the only part of this that caught my eye, other than the first inning of the first game where four home runs were hit, six runs were scored. um, The part that caught my eye is bottom of the eighth, or excuse me, top of the eighth in the first game. Joey Gallo comes to the plate. He feels like he's facing some like jockstrap of a pitcher. Like, dude, like that. He's like, all right, fine. I can, I, I might be able to get a hit off of this guy. This guy's not as good. Then all of a sudden you hear the trumpets and the fans going crazy and Edwin Diaz jogging out of the bullpen. If you're Joey Gallo, you have to be like, shit, this guy's the best strikeout pitcher in the league right now. And I'm the best strikeout hitter in the league. <laughs> like, I am I am the human strikeout. And given he struck out on, I think, four pitches. So, like – Oh, yeah, the last one was nasty. It literally rose. Yeah, yeah. But, like, uh, whoa, hold up. Hold up. Trade, trade alert, trade alert, trade alert. Ring. The Seattle Mariners are finalizing a deal to acquire right-hander Luis Castillo from the Cincinnati Reds. Oh! Big move. Huge Big, that's move. That's huge. Big we move. broke that. That's huge. Big move. Boom! Come on, Bleach Report. You're going to the day out. Bang! Bang! Oh. Bang! The Mariners got better today. They did. Yes, they did. They uh, making my pick for the playoffs look a little bit better. I know, right? 
Yeah. They won't win the division. Mike Stradamus is back. It's Mike Stradamus season. Yeah. I at least had to hit on it at least once. That's Mike, huge. Mike though. could be worse. Like that is- I've got Braves Mariners in the World Series. So I, look, I was looking a little bleak there for about a month and a half. Yeah. I mean, still pretty bleak on the National League side, but it's okay. We'll forgive you. Braves are in the playoffs. We just got to get there. You got to get I to the playoffs. Get- Anything can happen when you get there. I wonder what the return was. Like, um, I will find out shortly. But that's a that's a deal. I wouldn't be surprised if like Jared Kelnick is in. Jared Kelnick or maybe a Taylor Tremail. Who do you rather? Because I don't think they gave up. There's no shot they gave up both of those guys. It's, they would definitely have to have been one or the other. I, I would dare say that it is one of those guys plus like one of one, maybe two of Seattle's young arms. The first thing that comes to mind is Emerson Hancock, but I don't know if they would move him for Castillo just yet. That feels, that feels a little early. Yeah. For Hancock. Cause he was drafted what in 20, would it have been 2020? I think that was when he was drafted. Been, let me see. So he was like top, I want to say top 10 pick out of the University of Georgia. So I haven't found out what the return yeah. is. First yeah. round 2020. I mean, you you have to be shaking your head if you're a Yankees fan right now, though. I'm shaking my head as a Red Sox fan as I see that we're losing the Milwaukee four to one. The season's over. It is over. Sell you know, everything. You know the Brewers scored four runs. Jeez Louise. Yeah, we scored a one. The lineup's horrendous. Um, I thought one would have been enough to beat the Brewers. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see that that um, that haul that the Reds get back because that is a huge deal for the Mariners because it really was their pitching that's been their their fall this year. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Ray hasn't been or was not himself until about mid-June um, and then he started to really turn the corner. Marco Gonzalez is always Marco Gonzalez. He's going to have like a three-flat ERA every single year. Yeah. Um, but he's going he's to strike out two people over seven innings and give up a run or two. Like it's that's that's Marco Gonzalez. Um, and Logan Gilbert has been pretty Gilbert's solid been this great. year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Chris Flexen. Chris Flexen, like though he's not like a front end starter, he is so beloved out there in Seattle. It's just like, like Marco Gonzalez. It's like they're, yeah. they're guys who are just serviceable enough to where like they're going to go out and still put you in a position to win. Yeah, but that that definitely is a big boon for them <laughs> because even when you look coming down this stretch, yes, they're pretty much fighting. Like I mean, it's uphill battle to catch the Astros, but when you look at the other teams in that wild card chase, now the fact that you have in some ways, like a legit three guys, you know, between um, Castillo. So Castillo, um, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, that that definitely puts you in a, in a good position. And I think Luis Castillo is going to be so much better in that division because the ballparks are bigger. Like, he, I mean, he was doing what he was doing playing in Cincinnati. You know, that's a hitter's ballpark. But now you go and you yes, have – I think Milwaukee, the division as well as yeah, and whatever I mean, they're calling Miller Park now. 
Yeah. Like and Chicago was a hitter friendly park. Pittsburgh's also kind of. Yeah. The only the one righties, that's really. Or lefties. Yeah. St. Louis. St. Louis is the only one that's not, yeah, it's not a hitter friendly park there. But and I guess you Wrigley, also, depending on what. The way the where wind's the wind's blowing. blowing but yeah. Shelly, your lag is, is just hilarious. Yeah. But like, now like you, Michael started sentence and Shelly's just like, eh, yeah, uh, uh. right. <laughs> so like, and Mike's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. But you go with um, I love internet strikes again. <laughs> but then that could become you a got theme here. Yeah, uh, it will be. But you look at the Mariners outfield when healthy. You have Julio Rodriguez, who very well could win a gold glove in the near future. Kyle Lewis, who's a really good defender now, playing a corner spot. Um, J.P. Crawford's got a gold glove on the infield. You got some other guys there that now you can say, hey, you know, with Castillo's pitch profile, him getting a lot of ground balls, you know, and inducing some contact there, that that's a, that's a tough one. Yeah, um, just a little tidbit on Luis Castillo. He's got he's having his best season of his career so far in limited action. He's only he's only pitched in 14 games so far, but he's four and four with a 2.86 ERA, which is his first career season under three if he were to hold it. And he has um, in 85 innings, he has 90 strikeouts and a 201 batting average against. Yeah, uh, 107 yeah, with, which is also the lowest of his career. So now put him in a few more pitchers' ballparks. He can be he can become signing material. So I'm I look I, I'm very excited about this trade. I, I think it's awesome to see a small-ish market team like the Mariners do something like this, where they're going and and getting the top star like the top market guys before the big dogs get them. Like you know the Yankees are like, what the hell? We thought we had until Tuesday. But here comes Jerry Depoto. He's like, no, no, no. We're starting this frenzy four days early. This wouldn't be a trade deadline without Jerry Depoto just making big moves early. What did I tell you? I think I told you last week. I told my uncle. I said, just look at the Mariners' transactions on August 3rd. Just look at them. Just look at the Mariners' transactions. You're going to see about 20 of them. (laughs) So I did see something just kind of funny, though. They somebody referred to them as the Cincinnati Mariners because of the trade they made over the offseason. Oh, they picked Suarez up Winker and, Winker, and Suarez, yeah. yeah. Oh man, oh man, oh wow. Noel V. Marte, uh, looks like he's going to the Reds plus three other players. Holy that, moly, what a that haul makes back. sense, yeah. Noel V. Marte by itself is a, is a big get, you know, for them. But it makes sense, you know, for Seattle to move him now because they're so confident in um, J.P. Crawford, you know, the next few years. Even they know he's not going to hit a lot, it's still the glove. I want to see that reaction. Aaron Judge just hit a grand slam for number 41 of his career. Oh, I thought it was something else. Sorry. Yeah. I thought a trade just happened. No, right. no, no. Jerry Depoto's uh he's he's having a celebratory drink. He's not he's not ready to make it yeah. yet. We don't we don't care about Baron Fudd on this podcast. Baron Fudge. All right. We're talking trades. But not like and Noelvi Marte might actually get called up and make his debut Baron like this Fudge. year. 
That was a good one. Bear and Fudge. I like that one. You broke Brian. <laughs> Future right fielder for the Boston Shit, Red Sox. Bear and Fudge. Uh, I got you. Fudge. No. Just like makes me think of like if someone's like Baron, like you know, and then like just Fudge. Just it, it's funny when, when I think of Baron Fudge, down. I think of a six seven right fielder for the Boston Red Sox. This is all I got right now, Brian. I feel like you right now, honestly. Red Sox are dead to me. No, you you don't want to feel like me. Wait till you're in year year six of a rebuild. They tell you it's over, and then you have the third worst record in baseball. Then come talk to me. Valid. Valid. <laughs> I, I have zero pity for you, Shelly. You just won a World Series four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. We were in our rebuild before you guys won your last World Series. Actually, we sent you into the Correct. Rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're um, a lot. And so, all right, we've already gone through all the trades. But either way, Edwin Diaz is the best closer in baseball, and he has the best closer entrance in baseball. And I don't even know if you can tell me anything different. After seeing that in the Subway Series, with the trumpets going and the fans engaged and everything, and, like, the bottom, like the top of the eighth, like, he, he was coming in for a four-out save, like, a big situation. Man, like, I – I think he might be the first New York uh, closer – like closer in the city of New York to have an iconic closer entrance. I can't think of anybody else that would have like something like that. I, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's just me, but I'm loving like sour Shelly. Like sour Shelly <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> like sour Shelly is, is the man right now. Like, I'm trying to think we got the rest of the season of this. This is going to be awesome. (laughs) I'm trying to formulate an answer to what you just said, and I can't. (laughs) I was really hoping to be like, no, I I can't think of one either. Like, completely serious. (laughs) My brain doesn't work that quick, Shelly. I need, like, a little bit of, like, a lead into that. (laughs) Shelly, you you tried to get him to formulate words. Remember that that is his strong suit. (laughs) I, I broke him with Baron Fudge. And then I rebroke him with, with, with a Mo Rivera shirt. <laughs> is, all right. Embrace the debate here. Is Edwin Diaz the greatest closer of all time? No to shot. Play in the city of New York. No shot. We won't even entertain that <laughs> I can't one. Can't even play along with that one. Can't even play along with that one. No, but um, like, there's something. Just straight up badass about a closer that has a iconic entrance to the game. Like you have obviously, you know, made the made the joke with Mo Rivera, but you had Inner Sandman Mo Rivera. You have uh, you had Craig Kimbrell with Welcome to the Jungle in in, in Atlanta. Heath Bell uh, with Hell's else? Bells. No, Trevor Hoffman. With Hell's yep, Bells. Hell's Bells. Oh yeah, Trevor Hoffman Hell's Bells. You had uh, I want to Papelbon had like for whom the bell tolls yep. in Boston. Yeah, like closers just need to have badass entrances. Just make like if you have a weak weak entrance as a closer, you deserve to blow saves. Well, like you have these because these songs are what get you like pumped up, and you have to be a little psychotic to be a closer. I got the best one of all time though. Koji Urahara coming out the sandstorm. Okay, that's that's nightmare fuel for uh for for Mike. 
I don't, dude. I because that. Well, yeah, yeah. That I would send the video, but I don't want to give Mike like PTSD of his team losing to my team in the World Series. It's hype though. You got the I, whole stadium bouncing. I truly think that that trumpets video from uh, from Tuesday night. I think I guess it was will haunt Yankees fans for a while. Just like thinking about just Edwin Diaz like coming in to close That's the game karma, against them is honestly what? It's karma for having twenty years of Mo Rivera. Yeah, the Mets finally have something good, and like the world doesn't know how to react to it. I need to I need to send you guys uh, this video of uh, it's like the 2015 Mets video where they're like making like it's like our playoff hype video. It's one of the it, the thing gives me chills every time I watch it. You know which one I'm talking about? I I'd have to got go the back Van and Halen watch song it. in the background. I probably have to go back and watch. I'll it. send it to you guys. They need to recreate this exact video, but for this year's Mets team, and I'm all in because I need a new team since my team decided just to stink. Please don't terrible. be terrible. They're dead. Please do not become a Mets fan. Well, I have Mets fans in the family, so I think I might have to hop on the wagon. Yeah. Or whatever you do, Can we just, all just become don't... Mariners fans. Like low key, they have become like my American League team. The Mariners, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're obligated um, to be at this point. Like you've been you've been on the on the wagon for a minute now. Right. Really. When you get ready to send us a video, just make sure you're not at home and not on your Wi-Fi, because we might not get it until after the trade deadline. Um, yeah, that's fair. Dylan, Dylan Moore. I, I, I got it. I got a different spot to go to. Um, by the way, Dylan, Dylan Moore also went to the Reds in that trade. Mm. One of the, he was one of the four players, along with Marte, and then two other um, players: Arroyo, uh, Arroyo, and Stout were the other two players, but um, but it's like obviously Noel V. Marte was the headliner there. Wait, Again. did you say Arroyo and Stout? Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. So looking at the Mariners' um, prospects, Noel V. Marte was their number one, Edwin Arroyo was their number three, and Levi Stout was their number five. Okay, um, I guess they're not going to get one soda. <laughs> and not at this point. Um, Probably not anymore. Trade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Nuovi Marte was expected. His ETA for the bigs was 2023, uh, Arroyo 2025, and Stout 2023. So it's very possible that Marte and Stout actually make it this year, um, playing for the Reds, just to kind of go ahead and get them up there. Sheesh. That's insane. What a haul. What a haul for the Reds. Yeah. Um, oh wow, gosh! John Hyman always tweets about like New York and everything, so I'm just waiting for him to um, tweet about a trade. But he just said that Frankie Montas is now the um, is now the center target for the Yankees. So, which I think we can all kind of expect from that. Um, all right, let's move on to. Um, we can go with this pretty quick with the Mike Trout thing um, just because trade deadline is what people really want to listen to. Um, Mike Trout has a rare back condition that um, will kind of hinder his play probably for the next rest of his career. Yeah. Um, and, but he came out and said, he was like, don't care. It's not going to hinder me from playing. Um, 
it's just a bump in the road or whatever, you know, just some positive light on the thing. But either way, um, Trout is back is not healthy. And uh, I'm worried as a big Mike Trout fan myself, like, does this hurt his Hall of Fame case at some point? I personally say uh, no. At the, originally, when it first came out, I was I thought yes. I thought maybe like it could be one of those things where they're saying, okay, he was hurt a lot towards the middle to later of his career. And then I'm like, you know what? The 70 war threshold is basically your Hall of Fame threshold. Um, mo- like most, if not all, Hall of Famers are above that. And Trout is already at like 76. And so it's like technically, like, yeah, I mean, he can like retire. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer right now, but that's only going to go up because he's my crowd. So, like, well, I got, well, he doesn't, I don't think he has the the year qualification yet. Uh, but not to, to, to dial back on the injury, like the specifics, um, I believe what caused the injury or not the injury, the, the condition to, to occur uh, was carrying an entire franchise, franchise on his back for his entire career. Uh, I believe it's the main cause of this condition so um you know i i wouldn't expect to see a lot of other people suffer from this but it's unfortunate that the greatest player of our generation you know has this happen by the way i actually take it back um he's at an 80 war currently um like i said he could retire tomorrow and be a hall of famer 334 home runs a lifetime 303 batting average with an exact 1000 ops um, 867 RBIs, 204 stolen bases. He's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best player of uh, all time? No. Probably. Yeah, I mean, so... Um, in, not- in terms of when he's at his best, you can you can say that. But in terms of... Hey, but you, know, career, you know what they I say. Can't. You know what they say. The best ability is the ability. Yeah. But, and I, I think that even like not, you know, obviously not, you know, trying to cast any bad aspersions, but if he were to walk away from the game today, yes, he would be a Hall of Famer, but I don't think that it would be looked at. I don't know. He would be an interesting case because people would obviously try to make that of, well, if he was healthy and got to play six more years, he would have been the all time this, the all time that. Um, eh. to me, I mean, like he's a hall of famer based off of numbers. I still would have liked to see more as far as longevity, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And obviously he still has a lot more career to go, you know, but when you look at it, I guess this is where I, okay, let me not be, let me not be that guy. I knocked the hall of fame case. Like if it, unfortunately, if it ended today or if it really didn't count much more after today, I knock it. Um, 12 years, 1495 in hits. So he doesn't break like the 2000 threshold. Um, he hit 334 homers. I mean, there's a lot of guys in that club. Um, yes, you can talk about the all-stars, but I think that the all-star balloting now is weighted a little bit differently because of the, so much of the fan vote being, being a key of it. Like, it was last year that he got voted as a all-star starter and he barely played the first half. You know, he only played 36 games. So when you go back and look at, oh, he played 36 games and was an all-star, like that to me is a knock. Yeah. But. I mean, I get it. 
But I, I think given the fact that he's been in the league 12 years and he's, what, 30 years old, I think it is? Something like that, 31, I think. Uh, yeah, actually, 30 is turning 31 on next Sunday. Um, if he, even if he plays until he's 37, 38, and at the same rate that he's at, he'd probably get around 500 home runs, 450 to 500, um, considering he averages, uh, what, nearly probably about almost 30 home runs a season. There's about 27 home runs a season. Um, so he, he would get close to around 500 home runs and at the same rate that he's at, but give it a little drop off. He'd probably dip a little below 300 batting average. Probably would end up around ninety to one hundred WAR. Like, yeah. or even yeah. if he just plays the same amount over the course of the next seven years that he has, I mean, I think, I think no matter what, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, he will, you know. And I, okay, let me let me not say I knock his Hall of Fame candidacy. I think that to me, that's where I start to draw a line as far as goat. I, I agree. Yeah, I, he, yeah, he definitely. Like, he, I, I'm one of the, I'm one he withdraws of the biggest his Mike Trout fans from out the goat, there. Goat, uh, debate. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm one of the biggest Mike Trout fans out there, but if you're not on the field, you can't be considered the greatest of all time. How many but, how many games does Tom Brady miss in football? Not many. Yeah, but what I will say is, you know, I hope for the sake of the game that he's, you know, able to still be productive and be and not necessarily have like this sharp decline where it's just like, oh, we remember who Mike Trout, you know, used to be as a player, you know I mean? And more importantly, I mean, the guy's 31, you know, he has, you know, things to think about after baseball, whenever that comes, you know, so you just hope for the best, you know, quality of life for him, you know, at that yeah. point. Um, it's very wealthy now because of the, uh, the angels. So yeah, he's going to be doing you know, all right. Right. But I mean, it's still like at least the physical side of it. Like, hey, when you get up in the morning and oh, yeah. you got kids that you want to play with, mm-hmm. you know, those type of things. But yeah. the what sucks is that we're going to like tell our kids one day is like this Mike Trout guy could have been the greatest baseball player we've ever seen. Like, and, and you got to, you, you think about that and you're like, this guy basically played. Still could be. Seven we, we, we don't know what this is. We don't know what this whole. Now with this, this whole back. Not, now with this up. back condition that's going to hinder him the rest of his career. Well, I mean. To, for you me. Never know. But like, it's, it's going to become a, like this guy was from, this guy was, to this guy could have been. But. Yeah, maybe, but I mean. Maybe. No, I, I get it. And yes, like for. Okay, just me being literally the old guy, right? Like for your generation and for you guys, that's going to be that case for you guys, for like for y'all. Yeah. But to me, and this is really like my first time saying this, to me, the greatest all-around player that I've that I've seen and like during their career would probably be Ken Griffey Jr. I was saying the same thing, yeah. Like, I mean, yes, obviously I want to throw Bonds there because of the numbers, but even later, I, I guess Griffey's fielding decline didn't happen as soon as Bonds's, and neither did his speed. You know, Bonds got to a point where it was just, hey, I'm mashing everything. 
you know, so that was that. But he was trying right. on the bases all the time. But then when you factor in that whole part of, well, if this guy didn't get injured, what could he have been? Like for the numbers that Griffey put up during that time, but then to still say if he didn't get hurt or if he wasn't injured as often, he would probably have these, you know, following records and really be looked at as the GOAT. Um, but now, again, Trout hopefully gets better, you know, and hopefully he still is able to play and all that good stuff. But, you know. That um that brings us into our next segment. So, um, so obviously we last week we talked about Juan Soto potentially getting traded. Right now, it seems like there, are, I will say now three teams that are listed that are left for Juan Soto because one of the teams just traded for Luis Castillo. Um, so that takes the Mariners out of the mix. But the um, it looks like the Cardinals, the Padres, and the Dodgers are all in the mix for Juan Soto currently which could end up being the largest trade in trade deadline history. Um, if this happens, it seems like they're, you're going to have to give up probably three of your top five prospects, maybe maybe four or five of your top ten. And then it came out that the Angels are listening to offers on Shohei Otani which then gets really interesting because that adds a whole nother list of teams that want to trade. So, which the Angels haven't said that they're going to accept anything. They haven't said they're going to move Otani, but they've said they're going to listen. Um, And for those two guys, um, the Angels said they would want a team's top four prospects for Otani, which I'm like – Okay, guy's 30 years old, throws 100, hits 40 tanks a season. Fine. Um, if you were a GM, who would you give up the bigger haul for? Given, I think both of them are, I believe Soto has one and a half years left. Shohei, I believe, has two and a half left. They, they both no, have two and a half left? No, I think it's the opposite. Shohei has one and a half, mainly because his isn't counted for arbitration. His is basically sim- his is based simply off of the contract he signed as as him coming over. Soto has two and a half because the next so this offseason, next offseason are arbitration before he's an unrestricted free agent in twenty five. I would give up the bigger haul for yes, so twenty twenty four Otani becomes a free agent. Yeah. And then twenty twenty five is so. I, I think I'd have to give up the bigger haul for Otani simply because you are literally getting a two for one with him. You're you're getting your number one arm, from, and you're getting your best hitter. Uh, and both are both are unrestricted free agents in twenty twenty five. Soto just has two years of arbitration coming up. So I'm seeing, and I don't understand which source you're using, but looking at. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just showing another one on spot track. It shows. Okay. So yeah, it shows Otani unrestricted free agent 2024. His last arbitration year is 2023. So part of his contract does include the arbitration. You're correct. You're correct. Otani's got one year. Wait. So he goes into arbitration this off season. And then after next year, he's a free agent because he had just signed like that two year deal. Yes, sorry, you're correct. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Otani's got one and a half years left, and Soto's got two and a half years left. If you're a GM, Soto's 23, probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Shohei Otani's 30, probably going to be a Hall of Famer, but he does two things instead of one. Um, who are you giving the bigger package for? Otani. Why? I, just because he's a two-for-one deal. You're getting your, you're getting your best pitcher and – your best hitter at the same time i think i think it's an over-brainer for me mike albeit juan so is the best hitter in baseball but he's also seven years younger yeah just about so for me and this is no bias um but it's soto the reason i say soto like yes shelly acknowledging your point of him being you know, going to a team and instantly, in most cases, becoming their best uh, with Otani becoming their best pitcher and best hitter. The problem that you run into with that, though, is let's say down the stretch that pennant race time or that division chase time where you have pitchers going on short rest, you're going to have to sub one or the other. Like, you're not going to be able to let him stay on his normal rest. You know, he's going to have to either pitch on – four days rest or three days rest, but then what does that do to him uh, at the plate? Or then are you saying, hey, no, I'll take his bat in the lineup every day and then just skip a start from him knowing that he could, you know, essentially be your best pitcher. Um, so for me, the play here is is Soto. Um, and that's just simply based off of, you know, those things. I want the guy that – you know, if I can supplement and get the best hitter, I can find ways to get through innings. But to try to rely on that same guy to give me innings and to bat is going to be tough, um, you know, because he has to be on this schedule where he's either pitching, hitting or resting. So now to ask him to come back on short rest to do to pitch, you know, how is he going to hold up in that? And especially in the playoffs when that turns around as well. Yeah. Um, what's so wild about this trade deadline is like, Air quotes on the block is the greatest probably hitter in the sport, and the guy who's doing something that we've never been like that's never been seen before, which is insane. Like you think about just the there's usually one guy on the trade block that's like, whoa, everyone wants, but now there's two guys that everyone's like, I will give you my entire minor league farm system for you. Um, I think I'm with Mike, though. I think I'd go Soto. I love Otani to death, but 30 years old kind of scares me. And no matter what, you're going to have to sign into an extension. And their extensions will probably end around the same time, depending on what they want. So you got to think if Soto wants 15 years or 14 years, I mean, at 23, that puts him at 38 years old, 37 years old. You'd think Otani at 30 is going to get a um, – probably a six, five, six-year extension when his contract runs up, that's going to end up being around the same time. So in terms of control, in terms of guys who are only going to get better and who I would want over the next 14 years, I'd go one Soto. So, and I was actually thinking about this earlier. If I'm a, if I'm a GM getting ready to acquire Soto, I'm not offering 15 years. 
I'm just going off of what the Nationals are. Right, no, I, no, I, I get it. I get it. But, like, to me, I think that's what everybody's conventional thought is. Well, oh, he didn't want 14 years or the money didn't match up. Right, so now let's make this make sense. If I'm a GM, right, I approach him because if you listen to what Scott Boris said in uh, an interview that he did on um, another podcast, we won't name drop. No, but, yeah, if he, you know, if you paid attention to that one, he said it wasn't about the years; it was the AAV. Well, yeah, it's twenty. It was twenty nine point three, where like Garrett Cole and like and the other top people are making thirty seven, right. thirty eight to forty. Like, so here would be my proposal, and I think okay. So let me ask, and I'll ask both of you guys this: eight years, four seventy five. Which one do you give it to? Eight years, four seventy-five. Right, right now, right now. Uh, show or excuse me, one soda. Uh, see, I'm going with Otani. You, you want you want to be paying Otani? Hold on, hold on, let me do that math really quick. It's fifty-nine point three. You're good. You want to give Otani sixty mil at thirty-eight years old? I mean, I'm looking at you know guys in the rest of the league who are aging like fine wine. I think Otani could do that. I'm going to ask that same question again, Shelly. You want to pay Shoy Otani $60 million at, at 38 years old? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. I just want to see if you double down on your answer. Yeah, which I'm not saying that you're, I'm not saying that you're wrong in wanting to do that because you figure, Hey, at worst, even if he's not pitching at that same level, you know, you may get, let's say five more years of him being a top-notch pitcher. And then those last three years, you know, he's just a really good hitter. By the way, neither one of them will get $60 million. <laughs> let's put it that so, way. I've, so, again, if I'm I the think, GM. I think if, 45 to 48 will be max. If I'm the GM, this is my pitch to it, though, especially to Soto and Boris. Eight years, 475, even if we drop it down to 450. I can get you that now and the fact that for Soto, you're going to be hitting the free agent market again at 31 or 32 with a chance to make more. Because what you also have to factor in and just just go with me. I know it sounds nuts, but what you also have to factor in. quite insane that he's making $20 million more than the highest paid player in baseball. Yeah, (laughs) but what you have to look at is, is that probably in three or four years, that salary is probably going to be middle of the pack with inflation and revenues and all that other stuff coming in. Think of, I'm not saying that you have some young guy right now that is at that point, but you also look at it that when you have Soto burst into the scene, we've seen other like young superstars come in. So there's going to be somebody that comes after that that's going to have to eclipse that, or it's going to be some guy that's an established veteran who gets a 10 or 12 year deal for 550, 560. So why not go ahead and at least at that point get ahead of the curve? You know he's going to outplay it because I heard somewhere before where he's playing at almost like a 70 to $75 million valuation, basically, like in surplus value. But I, I, I take that shot because at least that shows, hey, I want to pay you the AAV. It's not that I don't want you for 15 years, but let's get through this first eight years, and I'm giving you a chance to maximize even more what you can make you know, on the backside of it. So maybe 475, 450 is a little high, but 
I'm still willing to take that chance anywhere in like that 420 range, because what what we're trying to do at that point is set the record for highest AAV, you know, for a contract. I think I mean, I think the highest AAV is going to get blown out of the water. Right. So why not be that team that does it? But if I'm going to do that, I'm doing it for I'm doing it for Soto because, again, there's it's like, the age thing, but it's not just the age thing. To I just me, think Otani's worth more, man. I, think he's, I just think he's worth more. To me, it's not just the age thing. It's the everyday thing, right? Like, so out of five games, like if you play five games back to back, Otani's going to miss one to two of those. There's a potential he's going to yeah. miss one to two. So I want the guy that's going to potentially be there for all five, you know, being a hitter, especially now having a DH internationally where I can, you know, sit him down or like sit him out of the field and just let him hit kind of rest his legs that way. But for a guy like Otani where he he's pitching and hitting, I'm not paying him that number. I just threw out there. That's not going to be his contract. If you, so if slash when one soda gets traded, what is y'all's uh, prediction on his uh, contract? I would say that off season. There would probably be a sense of urgency to get it. What, what do you think he will get? I think yeah, let's... north of four. Wait, what was the deal? He turned down four forty for fifteen. Oh, I think it was 450 for 50. It might have been 440. Okay, so, so what's even if the highest up, AAV? What's the highest AAV in baseball right now? I think it's Isn't it like Scherzer four, like, at 41. I guess. I think whatever deal he gets, it'll be 50 mil AAV plus, would be my guess. Okay. I don't know. I, the duration, I would say anywhere from like eight to 12 years. Yeah, I, I, I'm going contract. Eight, I'm going eight years, four hundred mil, which which rounds out to fifty AAV. Yeah, yeah. So we still kind of made it back to my ballpark figure. No, you years. added ten more million AAV. On yeah, it. but he's worth it. <laughs> like he's, that's a lot of money. If I'm the GM, fine. He worth. He's worth it. He's worth it. He is, in my opinion. But like, is he twenty million? Is he twenty million dollars? Every year, better than the next best player in baseball. I'm going to say, okay, not not biased. This is legit how I feel. I say yes because here's the craziest part. You blow me away again. Again, when we look at the age, he's only 23. He hasn't even hit like his physical prime yet. So you're I'm you're thinking about hey, okay, right now I'm looking at those middle years like that 26 to 28 range or that 25 to 28 range where you're hitting your physical peak and you're like okay he's at the height of his powers absolutely he's going to be worth that absolutely and if nothing else just based off of the box office that people are going to get even if he plays at his same clip right now that is still going to pack stands especially if you are in a baseball city you know where you just go nuts about your team I think that that number looks different based on the roster. Like if he's in, if he's with the Dodgers where he's more of a luxury than a need, 
then yeah, it looks crazy. But you put him in a place where he's needed. The fans are going to come out in droves to be able to be there and be like, hey, we want to see this. We got we feel like we got a chance because we have this guy as an owner. I make that back easily. Yeah. And can I compare two players to you? Absolutely. And I want you to let me I, I want you to let me know if they are 20 million dollars a year different. These are the two best pure hitters in baseball, in my opinion. Okay. So Juan Soto, uh, his career batting average is 291. He's got 118 home runs with a 964 OPS. Okay. Jordan Alvarez is a career 295 hitter with 90 home runs and a career 984 OPS. Mm-hmm. Are those two guys, Jordan Alvarez is two years older than Juan Soto. Are they $20 million a year apart? I'm They're practically the same. They're both like mid to low tier outfielders in terms of defense. Juan Soto is a little bit better than Jordan. But like, yeah, like the defense, neither one sparkles defense. Isn't going to make a break. It. Yeah. Right. To me, I still say yes. You're insane. Call me what you want. Jordan Alvarez saying, batted like 310 with 30 pumps this year. And that's cool, but he's also still two years two years older. I was actually right on the money with that, by the way. I didn't even look at it. He's literally batting 310 with 30 home runs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's still two years older. And the fact that he didn't have, like, so he just came up, what, two years ago? Um, Jordan's been in the league. He has, two, three years? Uh, no, four, four years now. Uh, okay. Well, sorry. He played in two games in 2020 due to an injury, but he's played in uh, two full seasons so far. And this season, he has not. He, he hasn't really missed a ton of time. He missed like 15 days. Right. So that guy who's done that over two years, but he's also 25, compared to a guy that's been doing it since he was 19 and has already stacked up to be considered one of the greatest not only in the game right now, but is already projected to be one of the greatest pure hitters of all time. I will take that every time. Yes, to me, he's $20 million more valuable than than Alvarez. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that those two guys are almost even in terms of pure hitters. Almost, I said almost. Yeah. That is a key word there. Like Jordan is behind Juan, but like in terms of a guy who's going to bat at 300 every single year with 30 to 40 home runs, that's Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, he is the best designated hitter in baseball. And I, I will not argue much on that one. I just still, maybe yes, it's the Juan Soto like craze that we're in right now, <clears throat> but to me, that is where the money lies and where the hopes of your franchise can really change as you're going through that, you know, because you're saying over this span of his career, he's also a, yes, he's a 291 hitter, but we've seen him at his best year hit 351. This is a down year, but I think that it's more so because of everything that's going on around it. But the guy rakes like pure hitter uses the whole field I think that you 
you can't obviously you can't go wrong with either one but i think that over that 20 million dollar mark yeah i'm going soto because of where he projects to be in two to three years he hadn't even really like cracked the full surface of who he is yet as a hitter which actually to be fair he has regressed this year yeah and like i said it's a down year by a lot you know but you also look at some of those other circumstances there, I, I will almost guarantee you that if he gets traded, he probably finishes the season hitting like 260 and he might even get close to 40 homers. He's already at 20. He's already at 20, yeah. That he'll probably still finish hitting. Yeah, and that's cool. But I, I think that, again, he's 23. You say, hey, look at this guy when he's 27 or 28 when he's starting to reach his physical prime and really starts to put stuff together. Good, good goodness gracious. Uh, well, I can't wait. I love Juan Soto. I love Jordan Alvarez. Can't wait. But um, I do not think they're $20 million apart, but we will, I, I will digress there. They're 30 getting, million apart. They're what? They're 30 million apart. I hear you, Shelly. I hear you. <laughs> well, I love your two cents in the argument there. That's good. I'm, yeah. I'm trying. Trying to, to minimize my uh my glitchiness. There you go. Right now. There you go. Well, let's do some predictions for for some uh, for some trade deadline guys. Since one is off the board, um, let's let's roll into it. So Tuesday at six o'clock p.m. is the trade deadline. So this is we, this is where we think these guys will go or stay um, on the trade deadline. So I will give the I will give twelve players. We'll get through this rather rapidly because of time constraints. We don't want to bore the people too much. Um, Nobody gets bored you know, the, talk baseball. The average attention span of a human is like 20 minutes. So, like, we're well past that. So, uh, we'll have to we'll, – we'll keep this at least rather short. Let's not go on – like, we don't, have to talk, we don't have to write a whole story about each player, but uh, we can give a little analysis with it. So, in other words, Mike, no, no rants. Okay, got you. <laughs> In so all reality, though, the guys that were saying though, the new rabbit hole. Gotcha. <laughs> most of the guys that were saying don't necessarily deserve a rant. Like, does Brandon Drury really deserve a rant? Then why are we talking about them? Because it's fun to make predictions. Just like I said at the beginning of the episode, people love to hear shitty predictions. I don't give those. I only give solid, like, sound ones. But sure, let's go with it. All right, let's roll with the first one. Probably the biggest one not named Juan Soto or Shohei Otani left on the market. Wilson Contreras, Cubs catcher. He has already deleted everything out of his, uh, out of his bio that uh, related to the Cubs on all social media. And uh, he had a long hug with Ian Happ in the dugout. So I'm, I think he's been told that he's gone no matter what. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's start with it. Uh, my, my guess is going to be the uh, New York Mets here. I think they are in catching hell at the moment and they're going to be, since they're out on the Soto deal, I think they're going to throw the kitchen sink at the couch for Contreras. But yeah, I think I'm, they'll I'm package with it with that. someone else that we'll talk about here. In a minute. I, I, I'm with you though. I think, I think it goes to, to the, uh, to the Mets. Yeah. Mike. Houston Astros. I like that. Too. Martin Maldonado is not a world series catcher. He's just too old. Old now, man. Solid defensively, but he just can't hit. Can't hit. Yeah, uh, the stick's never been consistent enough for old Maldonado, but he's an all-time great defensive catcher. Yeah, but yeah, 
Um, all right, David Robertson. So this is actually who I think the Mets will will piece together with Contreras. I think it'll be a blockbuster deal. Contreras and Robertson go to the Mets for a bunch of prospects, um, and as including Dom Smith, I think will be kind of the headliner uh, with that, as well as maybe Francisco Alvarez, maybe depending on how much the Cubs asking for is. But um, I think the Mets really go for Robertson, and I think they just package it all together. See, I think it's about time for David Robertson to come home to New York, and I'm not thinking about the Mets. I think he goes to the Oh, a little reunion. This is how this works. They, yeah, I mean, this would be the third time he plays for the Yankees in his career. I feel like that would, you know, I feel like it's about time for him to come home back. I agree. 37 years old. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'll go Yankees. It's about cool. time. Cool He's been gone for a little bit too long. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool to see a little reunion there. All right, uh, Josh Bell, who has been a pleasant surprise for the Nationals this year, one of the only pleasant surprises um, for that team. Where will he go? Um, a first baseman on the market. He's owed about $3.3 million through the rest of this year. So um, not that that really has a lot to do with anything, but – He's got 13 homers and an 877 OPS, so that should help uh, somebody out who's a contender. I think he goes to Boston because we need first base help, and we're not out of the mix yet. Like I think I I I have a hard time believing that we're going to be sellers on Tuesday, just because we are still not out of the playoff picture by any means. A good a good. August and a good September, we're, we're back in the hunt. And I think Josh Bell, I don't know if he's the piece that pushes us over the top, but he's definitely, I mean, he's an upgrade for what we've had at first base right now. Um, so, yeah, Josh Bell to the Sox. Mike? Um, Toronto Blue Jays. And where are they going to put him? DH. And move one thought. of their two catchers that are batting around 300? Yes. Okay. Like, so I think that in my – where did I have – I had Danny Jensen going somewhere else. I don't know if he's on the list, but I had him going somewhere else. To be honest with you, I haven't looked at all 12. I'm just kind of going down. That's fine. But Josh Bell going there as a DH because what that allows for – the Yes, the Blue Jays lineup is dynamite, right? They could use some other pitching, whatever. Um, but the one thing that they lack is a power bat from the left-handed side. That may be a good fallback option for them and just say, hey, you, all you got to do is go <laughs> go mash from that side. You know, he's going to be in a lot of put a lot of protection. So I could see that being a sleeper move there. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go the Houston Astros. Yuli Gurriel has yeah, been struggling. Not... Yeah, he's been struggling quite a bit. He's batting about 238 this year, seven homers, just not going to get it done at first base um, in a power spot in a, a team that likes to mash and will, will go deep in the playoffs because it's just who the Astros are now. Um, so I, I'm going to, I think, I think that Astros will trade for, uh, for Bell here. 
Moving on to hey, uh, breaking news. Breaking news. Degrom is joining the New York Mets in Miami. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that's the biggest trade. Will he start tomorrow? I don't know. I just saw it pop up on the TV. So okay, that's good to know. More news. I I need a little pick me up in fantasy. The ground's been sitting for seems like three years now. He's back. I know. Him throwing 100 and, 102 Monarch fuzzballs past people is going to be fun again. Um, all right. Frankie Montas. Um, as much as I, as much as I, you know what? No, they're not going to get it done. I'm going to say the Cardinals here. I, I, I was going to say the Yankees, but you know what? I think the Cardinals get two of the biggest pieces in, in, uh, in, this I think I think if the Cardinals if the Cardinals are really going all after Soto the way they are they're not going to get Montas I think we're Yankees now with Castillo I'm going to change my pick yeah I think the Yankees after losing out of the Castillo I think I think the Yankees make the push now that Castillo's off the board, like they're gonna have to. Like uh, I, I got on to Yankees Twitter, and that place is absolutely fuming right now. They need to get a pitcher. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna go Montas to the Dodgers. Actually, sorry, Mike. Okay, I, I have another thought for somebody, but. Um... Frankie Montas. Uh, part of me wants to say the Yankees, but bump it. I'm just going to go with the Yankees. Okay. All right. Brandon Drury. This guy has just kind of rekindled his career, huh? He's 29 years old, um, and it's a rental, so he is having a career year going into free agency. He's got 19 homers. Um I am going to say he ends up in Atlanta Brave. Uh, with Ozzy Albies being out, I, th- I think Brandon Drury ends up fitting in at second base. It's either, it's either Atlanta or, or, or Chicago for me, or the White Sox, that is. Obviously, mm-hmm. Cubs are not buyers. But <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to roll with Atlanta. The Dodgers are also a sneaky team in there, too, for them. Lux has been playing too well for the Dodgers, I think. I I, I just don't think the Dodgers love those utility men, though. They love the utility. They they live for them. Yeah. Like Brandon Drury is just like a he's gonna be like a he's like a poor man's Chris Taylor, but like it's except it's the other way around this year. It's like now Chris Taylor is the poor man's Brandon Drury. I'm I'm gonna go. I like the Dodgers. I like the Dodgers for that. Um, they like to platoon a lot and do a whole bunch of extra like cute stuff. So I'm gonna go with the Dodgers. Okay. Uh, how about Thor? Noah Syndergaard. Where's he going? Um, I'm going to go with the Yankees here. I think Thor ends up in pinstripes. So y'all's Frankie Montas deal. Give it to Noah Syndergaard. 
see if they I think if if I mean I got to go off of my predictions, right? So I'm I'm predicting Montas to 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 the Yankees here. I could see I could see the Twins making a move for him. The Twins have to do something. I think they go after Syndergaard. They've got two teams on their ass in the division. Yeah. And and you know Chicago is going to be aggressive at the deadline. They're going to try to do something. I mean, Cleveland's not going to do anything because they're Cleveland. So, yeah. yeah. Minnesota. All right, um, St. Louis Cardinals. That'd be cool. St. Louis Cardinals. Um, yeah. I, I think that Yes, this is coupling it with like spoiler alert where I think that other top guy is going to go. But I think that that is also a good pivot and fallback for not getting Frankie Montas that we turn and get Thor. All right. How about Jose Quintana? Guy is actually having a pretty decent year for the Pirates. Um, he could end up being pretty beneficial for a for a big team. Um, I will say, I'll say Jerry Depoto gets gets this one too. I think Jerry Depoto goes and gets Quintana. Mm. I saw somewhere that Philly was like kind of high on him. And it's Dave Dombrowski. You know, he likes to make trades. Mm-hmm. I feel like Philly feels like they're not out of it yet. Even though I can't get a read on them to save my life. One week they look like, one day they look like the best team in baseball. The next day they look like the worst team in, to ever be assembled. So I'm going to go with Philly because that Dave Dombrowski is not going to have a quiet deadline. He never does. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say he gets a reunion and goes back to the White Sox. I can see it. I can see it. The failed, uh, failed attempt at Dallas Keuchel. They'll bring in another lefty. Yeah, and it's yeah, a guy and- that eats innings and has been sturdy, you know, throughout his career. Yeah. That can weather some of their injury storms and be a valuable piece for him. Um, this one is not on the list, but I'm going to replace number nine with this person. Uh, we're with these people per se. Anyone out of the Tigers bullpen? The, the, the entire Tigers bullpen is available, and they have one of the actually the best bullpen ERAs in baseball, which is surprising. Um, uh, uh, the Red Sox can switch bullpens. It might as Garrett Whitlock and uh, John Schreiber. If you're cool uh, with that. Basically, like Michael Fulmer, uh, Gregory Soto, Andrew Chafin, um, Alex Lang probably are the four that will be. Uh, that could be dealt. See, yeah, I could see. I can honestly see Seattle kind of going in there and trying to trying to feel it out and try to get one of those, like maybe maybe like a like a Soto or a, or a Fulmer. I could see, maybe, yeah. maybe not both, but one of those guys I could see end up going to Seattle. Yeah, I will say Soto to Seattle. I agree with that one. I like that one a lot. And Chafin to the Cardinals. 
anyone who gets Andrew Chapin is in for a good time. Yeah. One, because I feel like he would be the least expensive to acquire out of that group. I think the one who's purely gone is going to be Michael Fulmer, and I think he's going to the Yankees. I was going to say Tariq Skubal to the Yankees, but – I don't think we're going to get rid of Skubal. I don't think we are. I hope not, at least. If we do, I'm, I'm – look, I'm declaring it right now, and I think I've already texted you guys. If we get rid of one of these three, Skubal, um, Torque, or Green – I will completely be done being a Tigers fan, and I'm not even kidding. All right. Well, that we'll is just restarting all. a rebuild. We will uh, accept all applications on Tuesday for your next phantom. Because exactly, like no, I think out of those three, Scooble, I think is probably the one that goes. It's like, um, why would you trade someone on a rookie contract when you're trying to get out of a rebuild? I think that for Aren't you those guys, the guys who you want in a rebuild. <laughs> yeah, it's also yeah. the Tigers. You trade the guys who are costing you a lot of money, like Jonathan Scope, like Heimer Candelario, like Robbie Grossman. Trade yeah. those idiots. But the thing is, you got to have somebody that wants them. Like no you one guys, does. The Tigers don't even want. Them. Right. You guys missed a boat on Scope last year. He just changed agents, by the way. He just fired Scott Boris. <laughs> yeah, you guys missed a boat on Scope last year. Uh, for moving him to get something valuable. The reason you move Tariq Skubal here is, one, this has been somewhat of an anomaly of a season for him, you know, for how good he's been. It's like his first full season. <laughs> but he's had other stints where it hadn't shown this. What do you mean it's, it's an anomaly for him? They're dominating minor league baseball. And now he's no, but okay, but go back and – okay, so let's let's play this game, okay? <laughs> let's play this game. Okay. Uh, 2020, eight games, one and four, 5.63. 21, eight and 12, 4.34. This year, seven and eight with a 3.67. What I'm hearing is he's only getting better. Which is why you go ahead and move him. You go ahead and move (laughs) him now because at least like there's this woman fuzzy feeling about him that you're saying, Hey, through get that checked out 20 starts. He's punched out 113 guys only walk 30 pitching pretty decent. You could probably still get another <laughs> decent pitcher. I missed it. It's okay. Uh, woman fuzzy. I got that. And I caught it late. Definitely old guy moment there, but yeah, that's to me, he would be, the one that you probably should move. Well, if we do, I'm I'm purely accepting applications to become a new fan of a new team. And oh I, my goodness! Can we take a can we take a time out real quick? I'm watching this Padres uh, Twins game. There, there's been like six home runs in this game. Sounds like, and they're all hit by the Padres. That sounds like Minnesota Twins pitching, if you ask me. Yeah, and the starter's still in in the fifth. It's ten one. I'm on on. on. Can I take a guess as to who the starter is? Yes. Is it Griffin Jacks? No. It's Ryan. Oh, it's Joe Ryan. That's brutal. Poor Rook. So wait, who is who is number nine on your list before you substituted them out for David Peralta? Yeah. Good. I I, 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 the Tigers bullpen just kind of. I should have replaced Quintana with him, but. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really care where. I don't really three care. Three more to go. Honestly, we won't even say 10 either. 
Um, time is Daniel Bard. I really don't care where he goes either, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's like 50. He's having a weird little resurgence. But in all reality, no one really cares where the Tigers' bullpen's going either. So it's like at this point, you're just kind of throwing shots. Are you throwing uh, darts at like a at like a teeny little dartboard? Uh, yeah, I'm missing here. Uh, Ian Happ, distracted. though. Ian Happ. That's a big trade piece. Um, not to get distracted real quick. Uh, there actually has been hit six home runs hit in this game. Swing out. That's a good eye. Good eye, Shelly. Um, Ian Happ. Now the Yankees got Benintendi, so I am kind of out on the Yankees here. So I'm gonna go the Padres. That's... I'm rolling, I'm rolling Blue Jays. It just seems like he's gonna thrive on San Diego because San Diego's outfield is horrid. Yeah, that's what I was just looking at was was the Padres. Like their outfield is like Jerks and Profar, Trent Grisham, and Nomar Mazar right now. It's horrible. Well, they're winning 10 1 right now. Oh. I wonder how many of those runs actually came from those outfielders. Um I can give you uh that. Uh, uh none of them. <laughs> Voigt, Kim, Hosmer, Machado, and Alfaro have all hit homers today. Um, so the only infielder without a homer is uh, Croningworth, which I'm sure he's due. He's still one for three with a run, though. Profar is 0 for 2, Mazar is 0 for 2, and Grisham's 0 for 2. <laughs> it's like clockwork. Sounds, yeah, it's literally sounds like, like Ian Happ is on the way. Like I, I think I think I think hat to the Jays. I just you know to where are they going to bolster the outfit a little bit? You got I mean they've got Gurriel, they've got Oscar Hernandez, and George Springer. Where you want to put in hat? Don't forget about uh, Red Sox killer Romeo Tapia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll hold you to yeah, that. Yeah, I think I think the Jays. I think the Jays make a push for him. I think they feel like he's going to be the guy that puts him over the edge. All right. I think the Jays need to worry about their freaking bullpen for once in their life. I bet you, and I bet you they go after an outfielder. Like every offseason. season, they always make like they always make dumb head. decisions. It's why they're the Jays. Yeah. Um, all right, last one, and the one that everyone probably wants to hear, but I saved it for last anyway. Uh, Juan Soto. Where is he going? I thought you were going to say Joe Manifly. Um, Mike, you'll love it, but I think he's going to St. Louis. I also think he's going to uh, St. Louis. Can't believe you didn't mention our boy Joe. He's definitely getting traded. That'd be cool. But he's not on this list that uh, that MLB. Joe man applied to Seattle Seattle because that's why not. St. Louis. (laughs) We'll take him over Andrew Chafin. The the Baltimore Orioles. Gosh, I hope not for Joe. Well, I I guess it. Well, I guess not. Actually, it was an upgrade. Yeah, it would be upgrade. Pretty good. Um, He goes from a team in a rebuild to a team just getting out of a rebuild. Or still like scratching out of a rebuild. I'm I'm not convinced of this this Mm -hmm. Orioles team. I think they're playing out of their ass right now. 
Hey, I that's how you get out of a rebuild. You start winning, all of a sudden you're a buyer at the deadline. That's all you can pray yeah, for when you get out of a rebuild. That's what the Tigers tried to do. <laughs> I just this this has shades of Pittsburgh. Uh, twenty was it twenty seventeen Pittsburgh? Twenty eighteen Pittsburgh? I think it was twenty seventeen Pittsburgh. All the Pittsburgh they were mediocre run team. together since McCutcheon left. It was the Chris Archer trade year. I think that was seventeen. Yeah. The infamous Chris Archer trade. Yeah, not good. Um, I believe we I, all... I think Baltimore's run too well. That was an absolute yeah. Mike, who is robbery your... occurred there. Who I believe your... we all know who I want. I'm just not going to say it yet. It's not who you want. It's who you think. Okay, we all know who I think he's going to go to. Okay. But since you two have already said it, then it's sort of like – so like stepping on the chalk line, like when you go out, right? We just, you know, we're just not going to step on the chalk line right now. We're going to wait until. Yeah, we're just going to wait. Yeah. This could seriously end up like, uh, like the whole Max Scherzer deal from, was it 2020? Was it, was it 2020? I think it was, right? Well, when he got uh, traded well, to LA? No, it was last year. Oh, it was, yeah, it was last, last year. year. You're right. right. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, it's like this could end up such like a Max Scherzer thing where it's like the Padres have him and like they're ready to finalize a deal, and then all of a sudden, oh shit, yeah, he's one of the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Poor Padres. <laughs> I hope not. But I hope yeah. not too. Please, anyone but the Dodgers or Yankees or Mets. I can uh, live with everyone else. My sole reason for picking St. Louis though is just to see my cat. I'm gonna be honest. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a good. I, you know, I'm the same way. I think that would be a very fun thing to happen. It would make St. Louis baseball fun again. Yeah, because it's it's not fun like, right now. No, okay. Jeff so Albert, Jeff Albert can only screw up so many. Hits. No, that's the thing that scares me. Now that you mentioned it, like same here. Can wait? What if part? What if Jeff Albert is part of the trade? Absolutely. I take it all the way. And I will throw in like our top six prospects if they take Jeff Albert with it. Jeff Albert for one, so they're straight up. <laughs> it's the first time in history a player's been traded for a coach. Right. He will I will gladly take that. Like I feel like that Soto will get to us and hit like two hundred for the rest of the season because Jeff Albert and his flowing mullet hair is still there. So, we're the same people that brought the Fire Alavila shirts to Comerica Park to come to Bush Stadium and wear Fire Jeff Albert shirts. Yes. Like, it's amazing how guys will go on, like, the injured list or be away for something and then come back a few days later and they're just mashing the ball because they're away from Jeff Albert. They're not having to listen to him and look at him and all of that stuff. Like, get him out of there. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if that? What if we found out that that was like the absolute no no deal point where you know Soto's like trying to work out an extension and he's like, "Nah, I'm not coming if he's still there." Like, I would hope that they fire him like immediately. Don't even let him back on a team plane. Like, put him on commercial and fly him somewhere just so we make sure that we lock in Soto. How dare you wish commercial? flying on anybody especially jeff albert that is the worst form of punishment no jeff albert and put him in coach by the bathroom 
You're stooping down to the uh, what about what about, about about what if I took it one step further? He has to be in uh in the luggage compartment. Nah. Yeah, I mean that's a little that's a little dangerous. I yes, put him in a middle seat with like Daniel Vogelbach on one side, Alejandro Kirk on the other, and they just had Mexican food the night before, and it's <laughs> crying baby behind him. Yes, that's where he deserves to be on this flight, if that means anything for for us like just get him out of there gosh like, brutal i don't think i've ever not liked a coach as much like i mean mike matheny was close but like matheny had kind of like another big league job by all means just don't let it be in st louis like go somewhere else go somewhere else yeah all gents uh any final thoughts for this week's episode um, maybe my wife will be better next week when after you uh you decide to take a hiatus because somebody's is deciding to go get hitched this weekend. By the way, um, next weekend, can we record Tuesday night? And can uh, we drop like week. a midweek episode next week after the uh trade deadline? I don't see why. Are you are you trying to no. like dampen the fact that Shelly and I would have been running solo? Or well, no, 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 I like guess. all right, well, how about this? No. We can still release the same time, but like, can we do the can we do the actual trade deadline recap with me, and then you guys can have like coots on for the actual the Friday after. recording. I mean, like, okay, so in in all theory, though, if we go next week with you on, there really wouldn't be a need for a second episode, like, because you're catching the bigger one out of it being like well, the no, post no, deadline. I'm saying like, I'm saying, like my we also got to think too, though. We're not gonna like, be able. Record Sorry, like like now you're getting it you're getting an inside look at the uh at the the behind the scenes here we're gonna be at your wedding man we're not gonna be able to record oh yeah duh, no shit um <laughs> but uh the so we got so we got we got trade deadline episode on Tuesday so yeah I guess, like. I guess we're gonna drop it I guess Wednesday Wednesday morning yeah and then the week after that Shelly and I will you know I'll take up the and run I have a I've got our, uh, a special guest host for our third uh, is one Matt Coots. He will be yeah. joining the show first time, long time. Loyal listener. You'll be yeah. you'll be joining Mike and I, and we will be honestly probably better because we will go down all the rabbit holes. Absolutely, and we won't have to be wrangled in. The good news is, guys, I have I have a three and a half hour flight back from my honeymoon um, that weekend after you guys record with coots and so that i might, can't wait for that be, entire episode might start the podcast. well yes. you might have another hour of listening to it in the car on the ride back home yeah you're not even kidding that is true and the only thing that's possibly going to make it worse is if shelly's internet doesn't get better because then it turns into me just rambling for <laughs> x amount of hours and the fact that if jeff like so just imagine how this episode would go because I will probably get off on a tangent of talking about Jeff Albert and how bad he is. And that would take up about 90% of the show if Shelly's internet isn't better. I well, actually, you know, now that we're workshopping this thing, I, I, I think we should have a Jeff Albert, uh, basically like a therapy session for you for your hatred for, uh, uh for Jeff Albert. Yeah, I mean, hatred, hatred's a strong word, bang. but like, it's very much a strong dislike and discontent and like, disdain what well, disdain is but basically hate but yeah it's it's not it's not good i just don't like the guy I, it's not i don't like the guy right like i feel like he's like probably a cool guy to you know 
drink some yoo-hoos with or something. But, but you, like you hate him. You, no, I don't. <laughs> like I really don't hate him. I just don't like him in his job role. Like <laughs> go somewhere else. Like I would be completely <laughs> fine if he was like the rookie coordinator of hit, like the rookie hitting coach somewhere. I would be perfectly okay with that because by that time they get away from him and make it to the big leagues. But like, he's like the final boss and it's bad enough. You're having to face major league pitching, but you're also having to go against your pitch, like your hitting coach. Who's like the final boss on Mario. Like he's Bowser to us right now. And like, this is just. Does it make you feel terrifying. super weird that you guys have two MVP candidates with Jeff Albert as your hitting coach? That's in spite of him. Like, just imagine if we had a good hitting coach, right? <laughs> like, we might have six MVP candidates, or those guys might be on historic paces right now. But Sorry, Evan might have made an all-star. Exactly. But instead, we're stuck with Jeff Albert, and, like, he's just not needed there. Like, can we send him somewhere? Because he's really, like, Mr. Robotnik and Sonic right now. Like, he's – you know, you bump into him and all of a sudden you lose all your coins. Like you forget how to hit for a moment just by him talking to you for a second. You're like, huh? And then you're like, baseball. Huh? And then all of a sudden you figure it out again once he like goes away. It's like he saps all of your hitting knowledge and energy and powers. And then he walks away and you mysteriously get him back. That's Jeff Albert for me. Incredible. Incredible. If we ever had him on the show, I would probably like be so complimentary. But the fact of no, nah, I'm I'm joking. I wouldn't. Like, I don't think I could let that slide. Like, hey, brother, like, what do you what is your game plan? Like, I feel like you're playing MLB the show when your X button is broke. <laughs> like, I feel like that's your game plan. Like, you just immediately swing. You're like, oh, it's near the plate. Let's swing. Or you're like, hey, it's 3-0. Let me take this fastball down the middle that he's literally thrown every time, or the pitcher throws one pitch and you can't hit it. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. I love so, it. Is that, is we're that gonna have to do that. So that was, that was a little preview of uh of of, of, of the Mike two Shelley show. Show. <laughs> right? <laughs> because Shelly definitely teed that one up, and then I just kind of kept going. Oh, I loved it up there, Maria. Yeah, I love it. Well, gents, um, until Wednesday when we drop our next episode, it'll be trade deadline recap. So stay with us. Um, follow us on Twitter at third base. Josh Bell's the the... Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Make sure you, uh, yeah, go follow us on Twitter so that you can get the, uh, trades as they happen on Tuesday. I will be sitting impatiently waiting for everything to happen on Tuesday. So, um, yes, and we'll, we'll be, be on hug watch. We are on hug watch. We're, no, we're we've had some hugs already. It's been good. It's been yeah. Fun. They don't really count. They were the Cubs. Like, you they were the get the, uh, the one hand salute. Yeah. Yeah. Either. Uh, Can... One finger, the one finger salute from uh, David Ross. Very oh, classy. I did see that. Oh my god, unreal. Can we give Jeff Albert like uh, put him on hug watch? Please <laughs> <laughs> put him on hug watch. And... You know what? They should get him for uh, you know his services. A new they job. Come into his uh, office. <laughs> no, even I'll, I'll do you one better. He should get a pink slip for his good, uh, his good hard work. Yes, wow. like pink, red, orange. We can make it ultraviolet, neon. I don't care. Just <laughs> anything that gets him out of there. Goodness gracious! <laughs> All right, but oh, final man. thoughts. Uh, oh. Clear eyes, full hearts. 
The Tigers keep losing, my, my friends. 